Welcome to Group Talk, four shows, one podcast from the small group network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Group Talk United. Greetings to all of you small group point people worldwide, and welcome to our second installment of the Group Talk United podcast. Derek here, along with all of our other Group Talk personalities. We've got Steve Gladen of Inside Saddleback. Hey, everybody. We've got Carolyn Takeda of Here to There. Hey, everyone. We've got Bill Search of The Leadership Journey. Awesome to be with you. We've got Nick Lindsay of The Reading Lens. Hi, friends. And we've got the man who brings it all together with a beautiful bow, our producer, who's also co-hosting with me today, Jason Banzoff. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? I am doing great. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for this amazing second installment of Group Talk United. Jason, take it from here. Yeah, just a reminder to those that are listening that we are spread out all over the country as we record this show from remotely. Some of us are on the East Coast, some of us are on the Midwest, and a few of us are on the West Coast, and some of us have palm trees, some of us don't. So, you know, we'll let you figure out who that is. And uh, so it's been three months since our first Group Talk United show, and we've unveiled four new shows, and it's been amazing to hear each one of the shows take off since then. I've enjoyed actually producing each and every one and getting so much out of it as I'm producing. Now, before we get to the meat and of the show, we have some very exciting announcements to make. We have released a brand new online training course called How to Start and Sustain Healthy Online Small Groups, and it features seven total video sessions taught by Saddleback Church Online Pastor Jay Cranda, downloadable notes, and lesson discussion questions. And so, Steve, can you share with our listeners real quick your heart behind creating this course? Yeah, and actually, the I didn't create it. Jay Cranda did, who's been our online pastor since '09, uh, and uh, just a, a brilliant. When you watch the show, I mean, when you watch this course, you're going to discover that Jay looks like a kid, but you know, Jay's like in his mid 30s, almost 40, and uh, but he's been doing online groups. Probably one of the best experts around. I've I, I took the whole course myself. Uh, just love it. It's going to get g- good practical stuff. And if every church isn't doing it, man, I would just really encourage them to jump in and see. Uh, just this, how this course is played out. There's an introduction piece that will all outline the course, but it really is the how tos to at the end of that, at the end of that course, you're going to be able to have online small groups up and running. Well, very cool. Hey, thank you for sharing that, Steve. You can learn more by watching the free course introduction and enroll at smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash online small groups. Again, that's smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash online small groups. I am so pumped about this course, and I'm pumped about this show. Uh, Today, guys, we're talking to all of you listeners about leadership wisdom you need going into the final stretch of 2020. I think it would be the understatement of the century to say that 2020 has been quite the year. Uh, In fact, someone posted a meme in our Facebook group, uh, our small group network Facebook group, that cracked uh, Steve and I up. It's a picture of Marty McFly from Back to the Future with uh, the crazy uh, Doc Brown. And the caption is, whatever, Marty, whatever you do, don't go to the year 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Amen. Amen. I don't think uh, any of us have the words in all seriousness to begin to describe what 
we've all experienced the last six plus months, right? We've been stretched to the max uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, not just as humans, but as citizens, as ministry leaders, as small group point people. And so uh, Jason and I's first question for you uh, titans of small group ministry uh, as we, and we'll start with you, Steve, is what area of your leadership would you like to see strengthened as 2020 comes to a close? A, a good question. I mean, I think uh, a couple words come to my mind. One of them is compassion. The other one is clarity. Um, I mean, I handle a lot of the uh, people who uh, may be upset at Saddleback. I love customer service, so uh, I can't tell you how many uh, coffees and how many lunches I have had, uh, social distance, of course, uh, that have been people that have been uh, uh, pleased to share with me their opinions and uh, their, uh, their, 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 their impatience with, you know, how we may be leading our church. And they, and th- those of you that are listening, you're always going to have 10% of the people that hate you, 10% that love you, 80% that are along for the ride and all that. So you can't get weighed down by that. But I, I find with every coffee, my compassion gets a little less. And I'm almost saying, hey, let's just, let's just cut the small talk and let's just jump right into it. And, uh, you know, and this is the way we're going to play. Uh, but, you know, so compassion is one of those that that is forefront. I got to I really before I sit down and also I can find that during this uh, the season of 2020, uh, my fuse is a little bit shorter. And so I've got to breathe a little bit more. I've got to just expand and and just build in that compassion uh, that can just, um, you know, just be more Christ-like. And so I've, I've, I got to get my head in the game on every conversation I'm having, especially when I'm on this call, I'm looking at these people, I'm just ready to rage on you, but no, I'm not. You know, <laughs> but uh, we'll just, you know, the compassion, then clarity. I think one of the things that helped us so much with our small groups and as a church as a whole also was the clarity. And we just came out of the gate and said, hey, as we shut down the church, this is back uh, in the first week of March, as we shut it down from what you're used to as a gathering center, and we turned it into a mobilizing center, uh, we we are very clear on these are the five things we're doing, and we're not doing anything else. And that gave the clarity, gave everybody such um, a focus with what we were going to do. And so uh, as we're closing out 2020, and we're we're now uh, starting to expand some of our campuses uh, in our particular particular geographical region. Uh, Our campus is not open for the weekend, but we're still jamming on all the other concentric circles that we have at Saddleback. So uh, just maintaining that focus so we just don't get scattered and and just fly all around. Yeah, I think, um, gosh, mine's similar uh, in some ways too. The whole whole compassion piece, so relatable. Um, Psalm 78, 72 talks about David's leadership. And this is a verse like from probably 10 plus years ago. I think I first heard it from you, Steve, um, at a talk that you did eons ago. But um, it talked about how David led his people with a true heart and with skillful hands. And I find lately on a personal level that um, my heart isn't always in the right place. I'm, I'm weary. I It's been seven months and we, you know, in California, gosh, we got hit early and we're going to probably be the last ones um, that are normalizing. So I think there's just a weariness uh, that's kind of set in. I'm finding myself becoming more cynical. Um, as I have those coffees that you're talking about. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> Carolyn. 
not that I'm prone towards that, you know, but at all, but um, I think it's just to, I've just been really convicted more that I need to watch my heart um, and make sure that I, I continue to lead with integrity and honesty. Like I, I've been telling people, yeah, this is a hard season um, and that's okay. And some days it's okay if you just survive it. You don't have to thrive every single day all the time. I mean, that's not even realistic. Um, there's seasons. So I think just to be honest about where I'm at, but at the same time, leading forward in that um, and making sure I have the right heart. And then the skills side is, you know, 2020 means you just can't dial anything in as we had before. Just came out of our fall uh, fall series. Normally looks very different than how we did this year. I think going forward the, for the remaining three months, things are going to keep looking different. We just had a Christmas meeting. Christmas looks really different on our campus this year. Um, we're going to do a drive-by, uh, lights and all sorts of other things. We used to do a big snow hill and, and there's just different things we're doing. And I think we have to constantly be mindful to be skillful, to keep learning. Um, I love the online resources that Small Group Network has um, and Jay's stuff is great, uh, but it's just constantly like not just to give up just because we're just holding out for things to change, but rather really embracing the next normal of this next few months and um, continuing to press in and try stuff, even if it's messy, it's hard, it's experimental, whatever it is, and, and keep moving forward. That actually helps me on the energy side and on the heart side too. Carolyn, be careful with it. Your- oh, sorry, Derek. No, I was just going to say, I loved your uh, little line that you shared there. It's okay uh, to just survive some days. You don't have to thrive every day. So good. Bill, what about you? Um, uh, uh, I was just going to say, Carolyn, you got to be careful with that term drive-by. The neighborhood I grew up in, that had a very, <laughs> very different meaning. It wasn't a blessing, okay? But in your setting, I'm sure that you meant the blessing side of that. That's good. Yes, the blessing is Right. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, later, I'll explain to you what I meant by my neighborhood. Um, no, you know, one of the things that uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about, so I'm not, a, a, you know, unique in this, but is is that whole area of, um, uh, of focus. And, um, and I don't mean what Steve was referring to as far as focus of the ministry. I mean, at a personal level, I found mm. and have found, uh, I shouldn't say it was in the past, it's still a current like discipline where I have to sit down and just allow my mind to focus on something without distraction. And in the past, I already had a problem with that, but this has accelerated all of that. And so That's a good point. this has uh, been a season where as a leader, I've had to just set that time aside. And it really feels like it takes longer to accomplish that focus. If I'm trying to work my way through a problem or, or come up with a solution or, or work a team through an issue, everything is just taking longer because the brain is being pulled in so many different directions. And like I said, I'm not unique to that. I've heard many people talk about that as an issue. So that's just something that I'm having to cut myself some slack and realize this is a very traumatic year. It's a, it is what it is. And so rather than be frustrated, be thankful for the focus I can get and then have the discipline. It means I have to schedule. I have to watch that schedule. I have to be careful with, you know, there, there's this thing where I feel like every five minutes I have to go on uh, CNN or Reuters or something and check what's happening. And, and I have to just resist that urge and go, you know what, nothing's happening. Actually, it feels like every five minutes something is happening. But to get off that merry-go-round into, into focus. Yeah. So that's probably really for me the biggest thing that I'm working through this year. And I hope, to, I hope that 
actually the some of the foundational stuff that I'm really focusing on now, I hope carries on. So in years to come, there's fruit from all of this. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, you know, I'm really glad for this question because I don't know that I would have asked it for myself. So I'm glad to, to like hear this because it forces me to think of that. So, you know, maybe part of mine is like having someone hold me accountable and asking me this question so I can keep moving forward. But I, you know, I think the best way to answer this question for me is I want to, I want to know where it's best to fail knowing mm-hmm. that like, I'm not going to be able to be the best at everything. I think that's like inside my personality where I just want to be great at everything. And so I'm constantly trying to learn something new or add this to my, you know, repertoire of, you know, tool belt or whatever it may be. But uh, at the end, that just leads me to burnout and being average at a lot. Right. Um, and then this, this fall, my family, you know, we're expecting a second child. And so I really don't want to get to the end of my life. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to get to the end of my life and, you know, be known that I'm great at groups. I think that would be kind of a, of a failure, uh, you know, being great at group director, but then being a subpar husband or father. And so I think I have a, a lot of area to work in that. Um, and I think a lot of that's because I'm, it's easy to find my validation in what I do and where I work mm-hmm. kind of thing, because I know what I'm supposed to do and I've been doing it for 11 years and you kind of have those kind of rhythms and, and know where to go to get that affirmation. But then at home, it can be really challenging to find that and get that. And so I think that this season is just one where it's just like, I need to recognize like there's going to be things that drop at work and that's okay to fail at that. Um, so if my boss is listening, I'm sorry, <laughs> but hopefully, you know, he, he, I'm sure he will understand that. As long as you don't drop the balls. ball on with small group network. That's all, all we care <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, that's, there you go. <laughs> drop it at your church all you small want. Small group network, <laughs> family. priorities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those listening, you can see I was just showing like small group network at the very top and, yeah. and uh, <laughs> everything else yeah. very, very below. But yeah, so that, that's, that's what I think I'm, I'm looking forward to. Cause I know, you know, with the, with the first child, it was, I had to make that adjustment, right? Finding out like, holy crap, as a single person, I had a lot of free time <laughs> and then like, that's kind of gone. But, you know, to talk in the sports term, like we were, we had, we're double teaming, right? And now we're going to man to man. So I realized that that that's going to switch up that time a little bit more as well. So, you sure your wife's yeah, not really twins? If she having twins, that'd be awesome. If you have to go to a whole zone no. defense, <laughs> no, let's hope not. <laughs> Poor Nick. Yeah, those were all really, really good, good answers, and I, and I really feel like uh, we can all agree on this on this very thing that as leaders and small group point people, we've been pushed to take our leadership to a whole new level since COVID happened. So our, our next question is going to be: Is what are your leadership takeaways from COVID for your church and or small group ministry? Yeah, so um, I think we could all agree online is here to stay. Um, engagement matters more than attendance. Um, you know, we need to be flexible, adaptable, et cetera. But I've been thinking, um, I heard, uh, we have a psychologist on our um, congregation who is so wise. And he recently said, you know, when it comes to marriage, comes to ministry, comes to work or anything, um, sometimes when we're hit with the uncertainty, which is by the name of the game with COVID, um, you go through these, these little um, tears of perspective. So you start out condemning, then enduring, then tolerating, then accepting, and then finally embracing. And I just been really looking through that grid some to kind of go, yeah, where am I um, on this? Am I still resisting the, you know, the lockdown? Am I still dying to go to restaurants indoors? Um, am I still resenting, you know, the things we can't do? Or have I moved to accepting 
Um, you know, it's, and it's, our small group leaders are similar. Uh, some of them are still doing, having to do online in our area. So, you know, are they to help them move beyond just tolerating it and to really accepting and embracing the blessings in it? We have to change that perspective. And I think the leadership takeaway for this is because it's not business as usual. Um, and for those of us who've been in ministry a long time, especially in our roles as small group point people, it, to kind of have fresh eyes and go, okay, how do we move from, you know, condemning, tolerating to accepting. So here's an example. Um, you know, all the racial unrest and tension in our country, it's been so traumatic for so many people. Um, mm-hmm. And it's still kind of there in the midst of all the political stuff. I mean, it's just all swirling, right? So we, I feel like I went through this period of condemning it. Racism is bad, you know, how to become anti-racist and then kind of going, well, I can see, you know, this and that about it. The situation is so complicated. Um, and then kind of going, okay, we have this backdrop that's really painful for our country and for so many of our people. In fact, it should be painful for all of us because mm-hmm. God hates injustice in any mm-hmm. form. But then yeah. okay, what difference can we make? Can our church make? Can our small group make? And so we're kind of diving in with, um, you know, doing leading a Be the Bridge group, uh, which is one of the books that our church is recommending. And so I'm actually leading one and I haven't led a kind of church-wide small group. It's not really small, actually, so it turned out now to become medium-sized. But just to kind of go, okay, I want to embrace this and go, instead of hating the noise and the pain and the trauma, embracing, go, okay, Jesus, what what are you trying to teach us in this? And what can my 95% white church, um, what can we learn? And let's, it's going to be messy. It's, it's, I'm kind of equal parts dreading and excited at the same time. So I think kind of moving through that and continuing to look at leadership challenges and look for the blessing in that, in that space and will help us kind of get through it. That's so good. Carolyn, as you were going through those stages, it made me think, uh, I have been thinking the pandemic through the stages of grief. It, like, and there are a lot of people in denial. That's one of the stages of grief. They're just straight up <laughs> denying it, right? But it is a stage of grief because people have lost things. They've lost wedding ceremonies, they've lost graduation ceremonies, they've lost birthday parties and all these other things. And so it's loss. And some have actually, of course, there's been the loss of life, which is the most tragic of all. But because of that loss, people are moving through those stages of grief, which has really helped me understand different people are responding in different ways. So it allows me to even, we talked earlier about extending compassion. It's allowed me to extend a little more grace and compassion because I know that people who are angry at me or at the, at the end of something they found quite uh, important in their lives, but we can't do it. I realize they're, they're really angry, but it's not at me or it's not at the program. It is at really the loss. And this is a big year of loss. We're going through it as a nation. We're going through it as a world. We're going through stages of grief. And some people have gotten to acceptance a lot faster. You see it in bargaining. You you see the whole, you know, if you go through the stages of grief, you see that. So that's one piece. Um, At the uh, ministry leadership level, uh, what this whole pandemic has uh, revealed to me, at least, uh, and I'm in Oklahoma, is you can't tell people what to do. Uh, now in California, where people have been nurtured and reared to be obedient <laughs> to the governing authorities, that's different. Okay, but I'm a Midwesterner, which is kind of right on the. I grew up in Michigan, which has, of course, been in the news for their uh, various responses to this. And now I'm in Oklahoma, and so there is this sort of precious side to ministry in a culture. And I have to ask mm-hmm. myself: Do I want to represent the CDC? Do I want to represent? 
um, even what to me would be considered a degree of common sense, or do I want to enable ministry to occur? And what happens when those two things run in conflict with each other? And uh, I wish there was a policy, I wish there was a manual that would help us do that. And uh, some of the more biblical people listening will be like, it's in the Bible. I'm like, well, I'd be open to what book of the Bible you'd refer me to. But it, it just is navigating through some tough stuff. So I have found that I I have extended a lot of grace towards even churches that are responding differently than ours. We've been back yeah. open, partly because we're in Oklahoma. It hasn't hit us as hard as it has hit, hit you guys. I mean, to put it in perspective, uh, yeah. there's less people in Oklahoma than there are in L.A. County. So the entire state is smaller than Los Angeles County. So because of that, we're a unique context. So just navigating through how to do ministry from a contextual basis. So I've been reading a lot of, you guys know this, I've been reading a lot of Leslie Newbigin lately because he was a great missiologist, trying to find the missionary point of view in this complicated time. Yeah, that's really good. John Tyson's been putting out some really good stuff around that as well that's worth worth looking at he's in new york city next to you're not next talking to chicken right yeah. <laughs> i love his chicken i know i was like going i agree man especially the spicy i'm more ones. of a chicken patty guy but you yeah know, okay. <laughs> anything in barbecue sauce is good yeah i, I think for me it, it's interesting i mean we get said every time but like it just changes from month to month and I think I would have been really confident in my answer a month ago because, man, we had a really, as crazy as it sounds, we had a really good strong from March until August, super, super strong. And then in the past kind of six weeks, it's kind of, we lost a lot of momentum in trying to to find that again. But one thing that I found that's just been extremely important is, and this isn't going to sound anything bold or new, but purpose has been such a driving force of the groups that are succeeding and the ones that are not. And it was really great getting to hear it was a uh, in the september's episode of here to there but carolyn was talking with jason sniff and courtney davis and they're talking about how it can't just be about community you need more than that they they need to get outside of just themselves and i think getting to watch that and experience that was really great through this through this season and knowing that like this is something that's going to last outside of that but then also like when i see our group's ministry versus others in the church, so the other kind of ministries, they kind of struggled through this. And I think it's because it was more, it was a little bit more of like, hey, we need you to help out here as opposed to this is what your purpose will be in this area. And I think we've seen a lot of turnover when that does happen. Now, we've experienced that same turnover a little bit as well. Um, But then on a personal level with purpose, like being in Hoboken, which is next to New York City, um, you know, I I just saw a stat, it's that the month of August, we had 287% increase in the number of people moving out from the, the past year. And so people are moving out in, in droves right now, uh, naturally, you know, needing more space and office, those kind of things, which, yeah. which makes sense. But it causes myself and my family to go like, wait, are we still supposed to be here? We, we have that same urge to get out and leave. Mm-hmm. But like, I really feel like kind of God has called us here and this is like our purpose and so just sort of driving that home has been you know a nice takeaway from from covid for myself yeah i love small groups that with purpose and yeah. Uh, yeah no pun, no, no pun <laughs> hey uh, i think uh, i've got a few takeaways uh one of them i learned is that life is greater uh when you're quarantined with somebody you love 
Uh, so, you know, having that right someone to be quarantined with has made life so much sweeter and so much nicer and all that. But that, that that's the fun one. But I think, you know, some of the ones that I have, and I'll, I'll get these quick to you, is that, you know, I, I, one of the things I've learned is that people don't understand the nature uh, of what the church is about, that it's not about an event. Uh, the nature of the church is, is about, you know, everything Jesus talked to us about in the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, but yet we're so quick to grasp and say our event was taken taken away from us, you know, and I'm all about temple courts. Uh, and I know this is a podcast on house to house, but, you know, we, we still have just, we just not understanding what the church's mission is all about and its purpose is all about. So we'll leave that discussion for another day. Uh, another one is uh, uh, I've learned that y- you get to know who's, who's committed to you and who isn't. <laughs> and <laughs> That's uh, true. Uh, unfortunately, I've spent a little bit more time with people who aren't, uh, but in they're telling me why they aren't, but you know, it, but it's an opportunity. You, you just find out, you know, it's like uh, when times are tough, you, you find out, who, who is right there with you and who's ready to dig in and, and go the extra mile with you and who was just still, still like going, you know, you know, of all the questions you can ask in our county it is, you know, you know, people yeah. find a great question to ask. Can I ask you how, how have you been recognizing them or acknowledging that along the way when you see those people who are with you? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, Rick, Rick said, it, you know, you know, just, you know, Rick is bringing it from the weekend messages too. And he was just talking about, you know, if, if you want happiness, it, you know, what we have found that the most happiest people at Saddleback are the people that are in a small group and the people that are serving. Uh, if you're not doing those two things, you're generally not happy. And so that's re- just reaffirming, <laughs> yeah. you know, some of the things, uh, you know, that you don't get happiness from the, the cable news channel you watch, you get happiness from doing the Beatitudes. Uh, so it, it, you know, it's just, but it, Rick's been doing a great job walking through the, the practical whole aspects on the weekend message. And that's been the mouthpiece that we've had. So that's with that. I, I think, um, you know, uh, just another piece that's really not bummed me out, but I just realized how selfish and political, uh, this pandemic has turned us. And, um, it, it, usually most disasters, whether it was the swine flu, whether it was uh, 9-11 that we just you know went through in America, uh, you know, commemorating, uh, generally disasters unite us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one has split us so far apart. And, it, you know, on this, both sides are at fault. I mean, both sides are just so at fault on this. And, um, and, and that's why, you know, we always know that the answer is never in politics. The answer is in pastoral ministry that changes the heart. But it, it's just been, I just noticed how uh, it, it is, people have really seen, it goes to the other thing. You know, they've seen church as a platform for a, a, a different cause than what Jesus has seen the church as a platform for. So good. That was Great. so good. Great insight, guys. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, we got one more question for you, and obviously, here in the U.S., we have now entered the home stretch of a presidential election year, and it is getting crazier and crazier. And so, our final question uh, to each of you, and we'll start with you, Bill, is: How are you leading your small group leaders in navigating uh, the issue of politics as we enter? 
the very heated and final stretch of a national election. So easy. I just tell them who to vote for and they're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I don't know about you, but whenever I share my political opinion, everyone agrees with it and signs yeah. on. No, actually, you know, you know actually, <laughs> you know, actually, uh, it is interesting because this isn't just a U.S. Uh, issue in England. I, yeah. I interviewed on my last show, uh, Nick and uh, Marjorie uh, from yeah, Sheffield, England, and and they were um, they were great. But they reminded me that Brexit is still an issue over there that that draws fire regardless. Uh, I mean, there's very strong opinions on that. In fact, the churches might be even more divided about that issue than our churches are about politics. So, you know, there's a couple things. I, I, um, this is always through leaders. You know, when you're talking small groups, you're talking about developing and being available to talking with coffee, with interactions with group leaders. And so here at our church, we also have, uh, adult Sunday schools and a lot of our small groups emerge from that. So I have the privilege of interacting with those classes as well. But, you know, I kind of carry with me a few messages in my back pocket. One is that Peter and Paul, both in their letters say, pray for Caesar, don't pray to Caesar. So they were never looking to Caesar to solve their problems, but they did pray for Caesar. And uh, American Christians for far too long probably have thought, we need to pray almost to that president. And, uh, and we need to pray for our political leaders, but we don't pray to them. In other words, we don't worship them. We are able to acknowledge the folly of that and the folly of, of really human leadership. It's, it's imprecise and it's imperfect. And so uh, I have this conversation with my college-age daughters who have very strong political opinions. I just say, hey, <laughs> you know, we, we're first and foremost uh, followers of Christ, political parties and labels, those things those don't stick very well to a Christian, at least they shouldn't. And so we ought to really be focused that way. And uh, Steve, I saw that finger going up. Did you have something to add on that? I was, I was flipping you off. Uh, so <laughs> you know, we're recording this Zoom call. Yeah. Oh my heavens. No, but I, I had a great quote. I have a, uh, there's a great quote from Martin Luther that said, um, uh, the church must be reminded it's not the master or the servant of the government, but it is the conscience of the government. And it yeah. played this right into what you were saying. Yeah. I thought it was just a that's, great quote. Yeah. In some ways I that, watched that it up, but no, that's a that. great quote because it's a great reminder that that really ought to, that's the role we ought to play a conscience in, um, back to Leslie Newbegin, my, my favorite old dead author. Uh, he talks about infiltrating the various organizations for the cause of Christ, thinking like missionaries. And far too often, Christians align themselves with one party and one point of view, and then they cut off themselves mm -hmm. from others. And so just thinking like a missionary. One more thing I'd just add to this before I uh, punt this ball um, is, is uh, <laughs> I have been reminding people regularly that it's never appropriate for Christians to slander other people, that lying yeah. about people, misrepresenting people is actually mm -hmm. one of the Ten Commandments, and it's a yeah. violation of the commandment. And so I'm regularly copied into group emails and uh, that are often mm -hmm. of a political nature, and I almost always reply just to the leader, occasionally to everybody, with the Snopes reference or some other news article, but usually I direct it back to the the author or the, the person who's forwarded it and just... I, I take it as a moment to remind them that as followers of Christ, we're called to do better. We're not called to engage. The world slanders. It's their hobby. It's their sport. And as Christians, we get caught up in that. But we're called to something very different. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, man. 
it's just like my show i have to follow this unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> come on <laughs> uh, so um yeah you know when i this question i just politics makes me want to like hang out in the corner and the fetal position and just ignore it all but um and what's funny is like that's kind of what our ground rules have been inside of our groups so you know we have this value of contribution and in that we want everyone to contribute to the conversation or contribute to the group and with that the conversation and one of the things we tell them in addition is that one of the best ways to contribute is what you don't contribute so we ask that you mm. hold back talk about other denominations and or political parties and things like that but given the season i don't know that that's actually going to be wise to tell them to avoid this completely yeah. and i'm going to plug carolyn's podcast again the one with jason sniff and um courtney davis is that we're going to have to embrace these difficult conversations. Um, and uh, with that, like, you know, Jesus commanded us to love our neighbors as themselves. And so we're going to encourage the leaders this year to focus on members' experiences um, as opposed to just their political views. So by focusing on the why instead of the what, because we could talk about that what forever. I mean, that's what the 24-hour news networks are built on. It's just the what. Um, but what are their personal experiences that led them to those kind of decisions? And, and rather than seeking to get to our point or get to our side, use it as an opportunity to hear how they get to those positions is, is what we're going to be encouraging our, our leaders to go with. I'm going to tell you that we might need a three-month update because I have no idea how this is going to go. And I'm sure that this is going to result in you know, more work for our directors and our coaches and stuff like that for ones that don't go well. But, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about the church is we get to be a part of that restoration as well. Yeah. So I'm just praying through this that that uh, we get an opportunity to hear people's stories. One of my favorite quotes is from Fred Rogers, which is just that, uh, frankly, there isn't anyone you couldn't learn to love once you've heard their story. And so I'm really hoping through this season, when they start hearing those comments, they can get to the why. So what what leads you to believe that? What are your experiences? And hopefully they understand the person better and get to that point where it's like, okay, I don't agree with that, but I can see how you got there. I understand and understand you better. Yeah, because it's much easier to argue um, yeah. when you're talking about ideas <laughs> and much harder to argue with someone's personal experience. And the why cares for people a lot more. Um, we put together a, a Ten Commandments of how to talk politics in small groups. Oh. And it's a lot of the similar stuff. It's, you know, the po posture of humility. Um, you can learn from anyone, even someone mm -hmm. with completely opposite political perspective. It's getting to the why, asking people their stories. Um, and I'm reminded years ago, an older um, mentor, married couple told uh, my husband and I, and actually I think he was kind of half serious, half joking, but he said, you know, as a husband, you have to remember, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? And <laughs> Why did it, why doesn't it frame the other way? I, you know, his wife, was, his wife was just nodding when he told this to Don, and Don was like, "Okay." Um, so it, you know, and Don's also a lawyer, so it's kind of an interesting one. And we talked about it later, and I'm reminded of that with this politics conversation because I think we have to decide: do we want to be right, or do we want to um, get their heart? Do we want to win the mm -hmm. argument, or do we want to win the war of their heart? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're talking with non-believers. I mean, it's so crazy how we feel like on social media. You can actually convince someone no you're not so get over it stop trying to win the argument and instead yeah. think about conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel be united together agree to 
disagree. It's okay to not win. And Dallas Willard has this beautiful spiritual discipline that um, he made up. And I just, I love it. And he talks about having the spiritual discipline of not having the last word. Mm. And that's a hard thing for verbal processors like me, hard thing for argumentative people or people who want to be right. And, and obviously we all believe in truth because you can't be a Christian without believing in truth, big T. But there are very few things that are big T truth. Um, and a lot of the other stuff has to do with policies and decisions and personalities and you know who you listen to and all of that. So I think we, if we practice the discipline of not having the last word and keep asking questions and asking the why, as Nick said, that's so good to say, why do you think that? The race conversation, that same rules apply. Keep asking why, asking their pers- um, the personal questions. If they come from the South, they have a very different perspective on race than if they come from the West or East Coast. If they're um, you know, older, they're going to have a different perspective and experiences because they actually experienced segregation early on than someone who's a 20-year-old. They're, there's so much we can learn, and I think we keep that posture. And so I've been encouraging very strongly our leaders to not get sucked in to um, to just parroting whatever they're hearing on their media of choice, but rather focusing on, okay, what is it going to look like for us to be still united in Christ in the big T things um, and let go of the other stuff and not try to, to win anyone over, but just try to love each other. And really at some point I, in one of the Ten Commandments that we put out was, you know, have a sign for timeout where you kind of go <laughs> too heated. You know, we have that in every sporting thing, right? I don't play sports, but I understand we have that. There's a flag on the field, court, something. So there's something that happens where we kind of go, this is yeah. getting out of hand. I'm getting really ratcheted up. We're not um, using the right tone for another. Hey, let's take a timeout. Um, and that's really important to give people permission to, to say, can we not talk about this anymore? Or can we talk about it offline? And so that's a safe space. But at the end yeah. of it, at the, whatever happens on November 3rd, I want our leaders and our groups to still love one another. Carolyn, can you put those? I was going to ask Carolyn, can you put those 10 commandments on the Facebook group? I think a lot of people appreciate seeing those. We'll put them in the show notes. So they need to be made pretty by our graphics team. And then yes, I'll be happy to post. (laughs) Awesome. So yeah, we'll get them out. We'll get them in the show notes. Uh, Carolyn, I love your, your warning flags. We, uh, in my staff meetings, I used to have, uh, people that would have yellow flags and red flags, yeah. uh, or yellow cards and red cards for the, for the soccer terminology. So, <laughs> and then HR would finally jump in, you know, yeah. when it was a super red flag, but, uh, just, uh, have the last word because now Carolyn, you can't say anything because you <laughs> practice not having the last word. So, uh, it's, it's killing her. If, you, if you're watching the video of this, you know, she's dying right now. And so she's going, please let me have the last word. But she just can't, cannot have the last word right now. So, uh, but I think, you know, just to kind of bring this question to a close, I think we realize that politics is never the answer. And no matter what church you're in, uh, you, whatever side you want to fall on, you're going to offend 50% of your church. And uh, in the analogy, if you're trying to go somewhere, uh, if you're trying to row a boat, you need both oars in the water to be able to go in a straight direction. Uh, a bird needs both wings. Uh, we, we, need, we need each other. Uh, both bring the beauty of it, uh, of each other. And so it is part of that, that you've got to set some guidelines up. Uh, also in the show notes, uh, Peter 
uh, Inkler. Did I pronounce that right? Does anybody know Peter's last name, Inkler? He did a great job giving five succinct points. We'll put those in the show notes. Uh, we're actually, we took the more lazier approach than Caroline in creating our own Ten Commandments. You still can't respond on that. Because you're the last word. No, 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 last word. Uh, you know, it was, uh, uh, but we just we just put you know we sent his five to our small group leaders uh, that are going out in our October newsletter. So it, it's just one of those things where you you've got to be sensitive. You've you've got to be bringing out those those guidelines. And so uh, love the fact that I think this is going to give all of our groups a great opportunity to dig a little deeper. Conflict resolution is never fun. Uh, opinions are strong. People are very passionate about things, yeah. uh, but we got to make sure they're passionate about Jesus and then um, more about politics. And and like all of us, I can't wait for November 4th to be here in the United States more than anybody else on this planet. Wow. Well, like I say, that was a very, very good informative show. So thank you, Steve, Carolyn, Bill, and Nick for your time today. But before we sign off, I want to share one more quick announcement with everyone. The Small Group Network is storming out of COVID-19 with a slew of new strategic small group conferences slated for 2021. The locations include Houston, Portland, Las Vegas, Nashville, Denver, SoCal, New England, Ohio, Atlanta, and Virginia, and you still have time to lock in the super early bird or early bird prices on many of these events. So accelerate the health and growth of your small group ministry by attending one of our events in 2021. Just visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash events. Again, that's smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash events to lock in these great savings today. Steve, are you going to be at all those events in person? Uh, no. <laughs> well, Steve, Carolyn, Bill, Nick, Jason, this was a blast. I love yes. these Group Talk United shows with you. Again, thanks for your time. And to all of you small group point people out there listening, thanks for uh, giving us part of your day to join us and listen. And until next time, goodbye. Everyone have a great week. All right, everybody. See you. See you. Good being with you. And thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.